Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered. Okay, welcome back to Business Unfiltered. Today, we're going to be talking about planning out your ideal workday. And this is one that's really interesting to me and, and hits close to home because I just recorded a video on this and created a resource on the idea of planning out your ideal workday. And I want to see if you do something similar, Mercer, or if you do something completely different and what you've learned on the topic, because I'm sure that's evolved over the years. So the first thing I want to do is ask you, would you define what we mean by planning your ideal workday. And this one's probably pretty obvious for everybody out there, but I'd just love to hear what you think we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. It's, you know, for honestly, for me, it's a great question because it has changed over time. Like when I was younger, planning the ideal workday was getting as much as I possibly could in a day, right? And to like get it and be super efficient and blah, blah, blah. blah. But now that it's been a, a number of years, uh, I think at this point, it's I just want to win the game and I want to feel like I'm making progress, right? Like I, I think we're all in charge of, our, the, of the rules that we make uh, in this great game of life. And, and when it comes to planning your ideal day, I just want to feel like, I'm, like I've accomplished something. I've moved it forward. And even if I didn't get everything done, I still feel net net better at the end of the day rather than overwhelmed and beaten down and like I just lost little less than I lost the day before, which is kind of what I think a lot of a lot of this has been for me in my past. So I'm super excited to see how you have figured this out because I've got some ideas too. We're playing with some things and it'll be good to cross pollinate. Yeah, I like it. I mean, yours is more about making sure that you achieve it. So it's around achievement. Mine is about how do I plan the day so that I'm doing the things that I'm best at at the best times? You know, how do I plan throughout that day and how do I get my schedule in place so that when I'm committed to doing something, it's going to be and I'll know I'll be at my best. So for example, one of my strategies is record, do team meetings or record stuff like this in the mornings when I'm, when I'm going well, but also have some time before that in order to make sure that I'm, that I'm ready to go. And then also I do all my course recordings in the afternoon because that's when I'm at my best for that. That's when I can do some of the deep work. And so a lot of that involves things like time blocking and just knowing yourself. And so some strategies that I already that I've already thought about with my ideal day at least for now is knowing yourself, knowing what you want to achieve and then being clear to yourself and to your team as to what your preferences are. And so I I think I mentioned in a previous episode I now have an executive assistant and she she's getting tuned into and I'm tuning her into and we're we're doing the tuning together as to when I'm at my best and when I want to do things and so we're honing that in and it's gotten to be a lot better uh, how I can be productive during a day. So do you do anything like that from a strategic perspective? Do you do you actually evaluate yourself and how you work or do you just sort of more try to make sure you achieve something every day? It's definitely it's definitely the former um, versus the latter. Because I think, I think in the beginning, it's like, oh, I'm going to try to achieve as much as I possibly can. And this is what I mean by like, you know, decades ago, years ago, that's kind of where I was. And it would brute force and I would push myself and use willpower to do things that maybe weren't in my natural wheelhouse to do, but I would push through right now. It's not as much that it's closer to what you're talking about where, you know, you and I would record these podcasts in the early mornings. Cause this works really well for you. And I, I don't think this podcast would have the same energy if you and I were doing this at, you know, eight, nine o'clock at night, whereas some people it would be right. So it's like in the morning is, is my power time as well. I'm a, I'm a huge morning person. I love waking up at five in the morning, would much rather get work done at five in the morning and five in the afternoon or right? five at night. So that's, that's what I'll do. I'll put all my 
sort of the stuff I need my brain power for the, the true problem solving stuff, things like this, I'll try to front load into the morning as much as possible. And anything that is uh, routine, a little more brain dead activities where you don't have to put a lot of creative thought or problem solving into it, but you might have to like click a series of boxes or something to kind of move something along. If, if that's on my plate, that stuff tends to be toward the end of the day when I just don't need the brain power anyway. Uh, and I can do it watching Netflix or something like that versus, you know, um, or, or give it to somebody else, right? Ultimately is what I, I'm trying to do if, if that uh, if that makes sense. But that's sort of how I do it. The goal, again, is to feel like at the end of the day, I've accomplished something and I feel good about it versus buried. Because I, I do that to myself. I give myself too much stuff to do and then I'm disappointed because I didn't do 400 things today. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I get that for sure. I mean, this is a balance balancing that I'm working on myself. And that is, I do want to end the day with energy. I want to end the day with with a feeling that I got energy from what I did and accomplishment versus uh, the the hamster wheel where I don't actually make any progress at all. So that's a big thing is that at the end of the day, you want to feel like you made progress. It doesn't mean that the, the, that the tasks are going to ever go away. But it also, it means that you at least have progressed things forward. And that's, I mean, time blocking has been a really big thing for me. And that is basically blocking off time and then even using my calendar to to say what type of time that is so that I'm making sure that I'm spending time every day on things like business development, that I'm making sure I'm spending time reviewing marketing, that I'm helping develop the team, that I'm helping create and move the product forward, that I'm pushing things forward. And so by blocking it off by category, that's been a really a really good way for me to make sure that I am making progress and I can dedicate time for it. Because otherwise, if you don't have any kind of control of your time and you don't have an idea of what your ideal looks like, uh, ideal day looks like, your email can be an eight hour thing. Just answering emails and social media and so on can be eight hours versus right now, I don't see the emails first. I've delegated my email, which is a lot of people have been challenged with. And I think you even mentioned that that would be a hard thing for you to do. Now it's it, it just gets into its own folder. And then I check those folders and I spend maybe 30 minutes on email. And I feel like I'm just as good, if not better than I was if I were just to check emails and respond to it right as it came in. So I have dedicated times even for, or I, I've dedicated time off or not producing something where I can actually then take care of administrative things, a little bit of it, but I'm also able to 80, 20. So I can 80, 20 email and it takes a lot less time. And so I think that so, this idea of time blocking is really important. Do you do any time blocking at all? Like in that, in that way? For sure. Like my Google calendar is just a series of blocks of time for, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, work on this part here. And I'm, and I'm trying to do it where, where my energy is. I really like how you referenced it where you're like, the idea is that at the end of the day, you, you have energy, but your day actually fueled that as opposed to, I start with a hundred in my battery. And by the end, at least I'm at 20%, but I have energy still right to coast through the night. Uh, but to start at 100 and it goes down to 80 and then it charges back up to 100 by the end because you're you're doing activities that actually charge you uh, things that you enjoy, I think is super important. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that's good. I, one, one thing I wanted to ask you, and this and this goes back to I'm just looking at the topic, right? Like planning your ideal workday. Have you ever I get the planning the mornings, I get the planning during the day. Have you ever planned? And this is just occurring to me now. Have you ever planned to actually like the end of the day, like where you're going to feel at the end of the day, almost like setting goals and visualize like, Hey, at the end of the day, I'm going to be doing this is what I'm going to feel like. Mm. Cause I, I can say I haven't done that. And I think at the end of the day, I'm like, no wonder sometimes I feel 
like I don't, I didn't quite get what I wanted done because I didn't have a clear expectation of what the day was supposed to be at the end. I had to clear a day at the beginning and then everything hits the fan throughout the day and you sort of deal with whatever happens and you do your best with whatever your original plan was for that morning. But I'm not planning for the end to be like, this is what I want to feel like. This is what I want my, these are the things I'm going to get done. Here's what I make sure I don't overload myself. You yeah. know, and again, sort of thinking about that end result versus, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start by planning the beginning of it and then the machine kicks off and then whatever happens at the end happens, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm getting better. I'm getting closer to that. It's still like a sort of a, in the messy middle right now as to whether I could say that I plan for the end of the day, but generally it's almost like the rocks, pebbles, sand concept where mm. I, that day usually has a rock and that's, that's where I'm getting my time to. And that is in the afternoon I need to spend I need two hours of an uninterrupted block to work on something. So right now I'm producing the Profit Pillars course and I need at least two hours to create a slide deck, record the video, maybe two videos to get that done. So I, at the end of the day, I need to have that that done. If I can't do that, I do feel a sense of loss that I that I lost out on an opportunity. So I do plan around that and, and to say that I have to get one big rock done. And that's what helps me produce, get production done. Otherwise... A lot of people don't have one thing that they want to get done and they don't end up making progress. And then it's years past and like, oh, I still wanted to do that online course or one day I'm going to start posting on social media. And so I think the biggest challenge sometimes is for me is that I want to do more than just one thing. But I have sort of relegated myself to saying this is the one big thing that I want to accomplish. The other thing that you were talking about that, that I want to touch on is just energy ebbs and flows. Like you're right. You start out, maybe you start out every day with hundred percent energy, especially if you eat well, get good sleep and everything like that. And you know, and you're, you're tuned in, right? You're in the office, you're not traveling, you're not, you're at your best. Then you have hundred percent energy. Chances are that if you, if you just don't answer emails or anything like that, you'll get something creative done in the morning. Then, then you might be where your energy starts to wane a little bit. I, mine does every day at around noon. Um, so I try to plan around that. I, I, I do deep work if I can, then I, or business development work, marketing, stuff like that. Then I do, then I work out during the business day. I, I dedicate 90 minutes to it, but 60 minutes is actually working out. Then I, then I sort of crash afterwards. I get cleaned up, I eat lunch and then I just don't want to do anything. So I try to plan that first hour in the afternoon as something that will give me my energy back. Now, I'm still trying to figure out what that is. What is the thing that's going to give me that energy back? Then I get into the deep work, which, you know, that with a with enough of a buffer, you can procrastinate a little bit. You can get in back into that mode. And then I get into either team meetings or or sort of more planning things at the end of the day, just to get that human interaction and to progress things forward in that sense. And so that's sort of how my my day ends up working right now. And and I do usually leave. Well, if I do back to back to back Zoom meetings, I leave with less energy and I'm just like, I can't touch a computer. I'm trying to figure that out. Basically, I don't ever want to do back to back meetings again unless I really have to for a short period of time. So that's one of the rules that we're establishing. Do you do you mix between the functions? Do you do you find that talking to people gives you more energy or less energy? How does that type of thing work for you? Yeah, it's a good question. For, for me, I I leave a Zoom call with more energy than I had when I came in, in for most cases, right? Because most of the calls mm -hmm. go incredibly well and we're helping people out and and I just love teaching. So it's like, whenever I can do that, you know, probably except I'm a better teacher than a marketer, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, which probably hurts us a little bit, but but I do enjoy those calls, right? It's like, that's sort of my favorite time of, of sort of turning on people's light bulbs and having them think about things slightly differently. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, like in, in hearing you kind of go through your day, 
there's a friend of mine, his name's Sean David. He runs a company called Automate to Win. And he's real big in like the no code AI sort of stuff. And I was talking to him just about how he thinks about systems. And he used this phrase called code switching because he saw my uh, Chrome browser with its 40 million tabs, right? Which I'm sure we all have. And he's like, how can you get anything done in your yeah, day? Yeah. I feel like I'm a pretty productive guy, at least more productive than the average person. And yet he's looking at this going, you're code switching. I'm like, what is code switching? He's like, well, you know, when you you know go to one tab and you have to stop and you have to reset your brain and think about the next thing. And then you have to go back to that. And then you're jumping back and forth and you don't realize how much your brain is really not focused on anything because you're moving yeah. back and forth. And when you were saying your two hours of deep work, right? That's, that's kind of my question. How, how do you do that? And I have two questions on this. One, is when you were when you were talking it through, and I don't know if this is like a subconscious thing you're naturally doing or something you're consciously choosing, but you mentioned, you said, hey, here's what I'm going to plan to get done. Here's how I'm going to feel if I don't. Yeah. And it, and that was that was a clear, like, it's, I don't know if that was subconscious, like you acknowledging it or like, no, you plan for like, if I don't do this, this is the problem. And you acknowledge that in the beginning of that block. So now you're more likely to actually achieve the block because there's a consequence that you, that's a, like, in other words, a known consequence. Cause yeah. I think that's, that happens too. I know it's happened for, to me where I'm like, I'm going to work on this for two hours. I'm going to get all this good stuff done. And I think about the good, the good, the good. And then as things go on, something distracts me, some, you know, yeah. oh, I got to talk to the team member. Okay. I'll come back to this later. And because there wasn't that upfront negative consequence, it wasn't in my awareness. So I end up pushing back. Cause I'm like, well, okay, I just don't get as much good. But what I didn't acknowledge was, okay, now I've got a whole lot of bad. Now I've got to work over the weekend or I've got to work over, you know, that night or something else because I pushed it out. So, so I guess the, the first question is for that two hour block, because the second question is why two hours? The yep. first question is, do you pre-plan the consequences like that for yourself to say, okay, here's what I'm going to win if I get this. And here's what I'm going to lose if I don't. Yeah, I like that. So I do that to the best of my ability. So it's funny. I, I procrastinate like other people. It's just that you and I both procrastinate at certain points, but we're also yeah. very productive and very high functioning. So my life, I've always been the guy who can make up for that procrastination or make up for that and sort of pull it into the end. And so, but sometimes I'll even, I'll procrastinate thinking that the project's not as big and then the project will come up and it's much bigger than it is. And then, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, I need to get this thing done. Otherwise I have to give up the weekend. So yeah, I do give myself consequences or I know them. Um, a lot of times it's just in my head. It's not expressed. But part of my evolution is to express those things to the company so that the company just does, doesn't have to like wait on me for something. We know what's going on. So one way to get that to be better at that is to understand the consequence in form of project management. If I don't get this thing done, then that means that we can't ship. That means we can't sell. That means we're not going to hit our revenue by the end of this month. That means that we're not going to get to our plan, right? So I think that that's something where whole team and whole company planning is so important to get to inform them of because when you're just getting started, the consequence is a late night. The consequence is something that's usually personal to you. The consequence gets way worse when you involve a whole team and you want to get things going, right? So that's one big one is project management ultimately is a sign of consequence. And when you're assigned to something and you're letting the team down, you need to put it forward. The other thing is just getting better at, at scoping out something. So adding time in there for planning and being realistic with your goals. I think that's part of the challenge that I've always had though, is that in the past, I always wanted to ship something every month because shipping is part of how you make money. <laughs> um, and now I'm getting more to the come more to the, to the, to the, like the, 
more shipping evergreen things. So getting something in place that then can can renew itself every single month so that the little it's more incremental improvements versus versus big improvements. So I do plan around consequences, but it's it's more around things like project management, letting the team down. Those are things that I make as my consequence. And if I have to work late, it's because I didn't scope very well, sort of my fault. And also, um, I, I, that's ultimately on me, right? That's something I need yeah. to do. So I might need to actually do something this weekend because I know that I'm falling behind and I want to give my team things downstream and get the momentum going. And that that actually motivates me once I see it transparently. Hey, you actually need, you have more of a scope than you thought. Go ahead and do that. So that actually will give me energy knowing that I can do that. But long-term it, it drains me of energy, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I think it does. And I think we'll come back to the two hour block in a second, but when you were talking about procrastination and I think that, um, people who are, are, are better than average at productivity, which I I would consider that both of us have gotten a lot done uh, compared to most individuals potentially. Right. Um, but we are, because we are kind of guys who t- like to tinker with systems and improve it, we have tinkered with the procrastination system yeah. and perfected it, right? And I'll tell you, mine, it reminds me of like just the stories we tell ourselves. These aren't necessarily true. They just, for whatever reason, we find them helpful. So we keep telling ourselves these stories. I'll tell you, mine is I will do slides for a class or, or a presentation or a talk or something like that the morning of the talk. Yeah. Now, partially that's because I, I mean, obviously I know I'm a, the subject matter expert. I know that. So it's not that part. It's just the designing of the slide, making sure the fonts look good and bullet, you know, all the, just the minutia of it. But I will wait till just, man, damn near the last possible second. And I do it every time with this. And I've been doing it since I was a kid. Yeah. Like, I remember walking into a, a class and writing some essay that it was due in class you know, the right before it was due, right? Whatever that thing was for. So it's like, I wrote it and then I got it. And I remember getting an A++ where the teacher read it. I remember this feeling. And I was like, damn, I did that last second. That's amazing. Like that squeezed. And I told myself a story in that moment. The story yeah. was that pressure, right? Is what squeezed out the perfection. Yeah. And if I have too much time, right? If I have, oh, you got to do an outline. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. I'm just going to mess it up because I didn't get the perfection. And the whole thing is cooking in my brain. And that procrastination allows me to just pop it out, right? Just the bits that that are useful. And that's why I procrastinate. So that procrastination fuels itself using that rule. I don't know if that's necessarily um, the best way to do it. It has been useful for me. I create great content, you know, but I, but I don't know that I am doing it in the most efficient way because of that procrastination. Do you ever set up your, do you ever set up your schedule to gamify it yourself? Like, can you gamify your productivity by giving yourself a deadline a little bit sooner than you need to? Is that something that I've, I have done where like, you know, maybe the gamification is that you, your presentation is, is, uh, three weeks from now, but the, the organizer wants it two weeks from now. So I might just say, okay, well, let's get this thing going and let's block that off. Or let's, let's, uh, you can actually build it into your schedule to gamify productivity because your deadline, maybe it's not a deadline ultimately of getting it done, but it's a deadline to hand it over. And so that is actually a source of spark of creativity with me that doesn't actually drain me. It does give me energy. So right now I'm, I'm, I'm creating content that's going to be released 28 days from now and I'm stressed out about it. And it's like, okay, well, in reality, I, you know, if I don't get it done before 14 days in advance, then I'm letting team members down and they're going to have to scramble on something. But, uh, but I sort of gamified it so that I'm getting that creativity sooner. And that does, that has really helped. 
right? When I look at the schedule and I'm like, okay, I need to do one per day in order to get meet this bigger deadline. That does help. Do you gamify it in that way, blocking off your time or or giving yourself a having your team give you a deadline so that you're not in control of that? Yeah, it's it's closer to the second part of that. So I don't I don't think about it as gamification, but I will do things like okay, I I know because if I know the rules, I'm not gonna be able to trick myself into it. I'm not be like, oh, you're gonna pretend this is the rule. I'm like, no, it's not really the rule. The rule is I have to have it done an hour before. Mm-hmm. Like I know that, right? So I'm so it so that doesn't work in my in my brain. However, what I will do is is um, change the system. Um, so it's a guy named Pete Williams. I, I uh, learned this phrase from uh, out in Australia, but he, he was a big systems guy. And he was like, you have to create a system of positive constraints, like a system that just generally pushes you in the direction you want to go. And so I will create that system by saying something like, okay, to the instructors, I need you to review the slides that I'm going to use to teach um, and uh, make sure they have this, this, and this, right? That we yeah. cover this, this, and this for the instructors. Well, in order for that step to happen, for the instructor to have enough time, now I have to get the slides done three days earlier to give it to them. So now my deadline truly is three days earlier. Yep. It's not right before the, the class goes live type of thing, right? It's like, no, I, they cannot. Now I'm on the hook and I won't, I don't like dis- disappointing people. Um, so I, which I guess who does, right. Who says, I love disappointing people. So that doesn't probably put me in, in, uh, in any sort of, uh, private box, but the idea is because I don't want to disappoint people. Cause I know that's something that I'm, if there's somebody's counting on me, I will show up and make sure it happens at least to the best of my ability. Um, that's, that would work. And, and this, I've done things like that to help us move ahead a little bit and work ahead. Um, yeah. going, going back real quick to the, to the two hours, do you, yeah. do you block in two hours? Like. I've got this in two hours. And like, do you think about like, Hey, I've got three, two hour chunks today. I'm going to get my, these are the three big things. And you don't set yourself up for a million little things because you just want three big things that you're working on. The million little things goes to other people. Or do you, cause you hear about like Pomodoro technique and you should do it every half hour, every 20 minutes or take breaks. And some of that stuff, I'm like, some of this is just urban legend that keeps getting repeated, I think. Um, but some of it, you know, could be useful. Like, let's just don't pick more than three things a day. Like you can do three big things a day and that's it. Don't try to do more. Like, do you have any of those sort of rules? And, and is that where the two hours comes from? Or is that just with that one particular particular example happen to be two hours, but you don't really have a time set. Yeah. Let's unpack that a little bit. So it's, it's a, it's an evolved thing and it's, it, it's, I mean, I've, I've read a lot of productivity books. I'm thinking of buying back your time by Dan Martell, really good book. Um, what you, what you mentioned there. And, and ultimately all, they all say like, if you're shifting modes, every time that you open up an email or every time you go to Slack, you are setting yourself back 10, 15 minutes. Right. So that's where the Pomodoro comes in. That's where a lot of these things come in is that every time that you switch modes, you mentioned this earlier with, with your, your friend who's saying, Hey, you're, you're switching programs or did you say switching codes, codes, code switching, code switching. He's he's definitely more of the developer side of things. Exactly. They're all variations of the same thing. Like every productivity book will basically tell you to focus and with time blocking, just putting on your calendar and saying, I want this, this two to three hour period, maybe even four hours to focus. It, it basically it does a few things. One is it says, this is my highest priority and it's absolutely accounted for that this is your highest priority. And so that's one thing. Two is that it allows you a little bit of time. It, it takes longer than you think to get into the mode. So like one hour of me completely blocked in, I, I full size the browser. I put in my headphones, even if I'm not listening to music and I put on these glasses, one hour of that is like eight hours of anybody else's time. Okay. And when you're putting on these glasses, these are just like for watching monitor 
Yeah, so. they they make your like, eyes feel better than like bleeding from looking at like the blue light or whatever. Yeah, the okay. blue light glasses, That's right? Cool. So I do blue light glasses. I do my AirPods, even if I'm not listening to music. But mi- music in the AirPods is better than music from my monitor. I, I and do that I, too. And then I go yeah. full screen and I just get yeah. rid of all the descriptions. I close all the tabs. And then so it takes me about 30 minutes to get to that point because I procrastinate even doing that. So in my in my two hour block, Mercer, I'm, I'm procrastinating the first 30 minutes of it. This is just Jeff, how I work. I answer emails. I'm checking shit stuff. I'm, I'm doing everything I can in order to just not waste, like, like to not do that. Then I finally, I'm like, okay, if I don't get this thing done, it doesn't ship. And I screw over everybody. I'm letting everybody down. And that is my, so I, I know that I can get it done in an hour or whatever, or maybe it's 90 minutes, but I know that I can get it done. And so then I get into it and I finally am ready to do the deadline, right? But that's on a daily basis. So I, I'm able to create my best me, the best version of me most days when I'm producing something because of that of that routine. And so that's how I'm able to do it in a similar way that you wrote the, the A plus work in the last minute. I'm able to create that in any course that we do, anything I put out there. I basically am, am getting to the point where I, I don't have a choice but to deliver a plus work that day. <laughs> and then ultimately, um, and that's what the time blocking does is that it gives you time to procrastinate. It gives you time to get into the mode, time to have the, Oh crap, I had better get something done and then you can get it there. So, so whether questions. I do, and you, and you are asking like two hours is two hours is the right number. I, three hours is good Two two to four hours is my ideal number. Cause I know, let me, let me, let me dig waste. into that just a little bit. Cause I, yeah. I love this. So, and the one huge insight, I hope, I hope people were like, oh my gosh, I just heard that because I just heard it, which was, which is honestly for the first time, I've never thought about this. You're planning to warm up into the activity. Yeah. You know, you, you're giving yourself that 30 minutes of warm up. I've never even thought about it like that. I've always been like, oh, one o'clock must be this now. Yeah. So zero to a hundred, right? It's like, okay, now I'm this. And I, and I, you immediately feel a little bit behind the eight ball because of yeah. course you can't be at hundred percent. So give yourself that time, which automatically means that now I'm not blocking in 30 minute chunks. Cause it's going to take me yep. 30 minutes to warm up. Cause I'm very similar to that. Exactly. I've just never given myself the room. So yeah. I love that, that you mentioned that. Cause now I've given myself permission to be like, yeah, okay. You have a half hour to get this thing done and it's going to take you a half hour to warm up. So guess what? Plan for more time. Exactly. Right? Automatically. I'm like, oh, okay. This yeah. is why I'm overloading. Second question Two digging into the two to four hours, like you were saying, but how do you not go, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get this done and this done and this done. And what else can I get done in these four hours? And, and you know what I mean? Where, where now you're overloading yourself because you don't, you just try to get too much done in that four hours. How yeah. do you define what goes in there without overloading and without the opposite, which is like, well, that only took 15 minutes. Yeah. Cause I think, cause I think honestly, I, I was, we didn't really talk too much about this on this one. We can bring it up in another um, topic, but the idea of that, these little things are also eating at us. The things that take yeah. actually 15 minutes, but I procrastinate for seven weeks yeah. until I finally get to do it. And I'm like, Oh, that took 15 minutes. That was a total waste of my well, mental energy. I'll ask right? you back. Like when you procrastinate something for seven weeks, is that because it's below you or is that because you don't know how to do it? What's, what's the reason why? Like, why would you, proc- why would you let it sit for seven weeks? Is it because you're like, this is not something, this is something that's below my skill level. Something that's, that's sort of it's, like, it's that procrastination of it doesn't, it's not, it's cooking in the back of my head. I'll, okay. So it's not you know baked I mean? yet. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not, not baked, baked yet. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to do it right now. So I don't have to pull it out of the oven. That is so my is, brain. You know, this is where an assistant is really important. Mercer is that they, they can help you bucket things. I, I, I use this thing called the email GPS, um, from Dan Martell again. And I have a, in my email, I have folders urgent to respond. And that urgent is an exclamation point to respond is one 
Two is review, meaning that I just need to review that this thing's happening. Three is responded. It means my assistant responded for me or we already handled it. Four, waiting on. That's the parking lot. That's the one that we're waiting on external people or something to happen. Five is, is just like financial stuff. And six is newsletters. And that's the priority that I look at my email. So I go through once or twice a day and just look at things. My assistant will let me know if something's urgent sooner than that. You know, very rarely is something actually urgent. Then you get into and you go to re to respond and review. And so all I'm doing is basically once a day or three times a day, I'm going to the things that are to respond and to review. And then once a week or whatever, I'm doing the waiting on or a couple times a week, I'm looking at the other stuff when I actually have time. And so that's one thing is that I'm, I'm, I'm basically, I don't have any 15 minute projects anymore, Mercer. If it's 15 minute project, I should delegate. So delegation is a big thing. You should delegate 15 minute projects. You should, no longer should you as a CEO of your company be doing 15 minute projects, no matter how good it was that got you there, no matter how awesome you are, stop doing it. Right. That's that, and that's the attitude that I've taken. I'm not saying I'm not giving you unsolicited advice, but that's what I would tell you is there should be no 15 minute things because you've decided this is the most important thing for you to do that you want to be productive and, and you sort of make the thing go round and you're at your best. And so if that's the most important thing, dedicate the time and then have the 15 minute things just handed over to other people. And that's, that's definitely how I'm able to, to get that part done. And then how do you go back in the, going back to the two to four hours, how are you not giving yourself too much to do or too yeah, yeah, yeah. like, how do you know yeah. you've nailed that balance? What do you, yeah, do you good question. So, I mean, I was thinking about, so you, I've, I've created over 1000 training videos in my life. Easy. <laughs> you know, um, I've over a thousand videos that I've created, maybe 2000 plus, so I know how long it takes to do a video. It's about, you know, it's, it's, it's every one minute on camera. Well, actually every 15 minute video takes me about 45 minutes to plan roughly. So yeah. it's about three to one for that. Yep. Um, a lot of people are 10 to one and that's, if you're like doing an on stage presentation, that's 10 to one, but for a video it's, it's three to one usually for me. Um, even that though, Mercer, I, I actually have people, I delegate the slide creation now even more. And so I'm getting, I'm getting that 45 minutes down to about 20 minutes by outlining what I want to put in there and having that piece done. So I'm basically breaking a bigger thing into smaller stuff. And so a video takes me about an hour. And so I know that. And so I can, in, in a three hour block, I can reasonably expect to get two videos done. If I'm doing a one hour or two hour block, I can get one video done and then some planning. And so that's sort of how I look at it. Um, is, is that is, is just knowing how long to do it based on how long I've been doing this. And now do I get a three, like I always say, and this is what I tell my assistant, we start with a four hour block and then we work our way down to a reasonable one. It's like, Hey, I want four hours every day. And then it ends up being about two or three by the end of the, by the end of the time, because something needs to be reviewed, something needs to happen, but that's bookended. That's either at the beginning or the end of that thing that's happening there. So that's sort of how I do it. I, I have four hour blocks for two months from now, but they'll probably be three to two hour blocks once time, once the time actually comes. Perfect. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, I guess we can go ahead and, I mean, I, I said takeaways for me for one is just planning for the warm up as part of your time frame, which I think is great. Um, and I, I like that idea of just sort of, okay, what can I do in this four hours? I'm going to do one thing in four hours. What is so big and so important that only I can do that? I think as yeah. a, especially when you move up through the team, you should be doing those things that require a little bit more of your brain. And, and you're right. You're totally right. Like the little 15 minute things, if it's at all possible that somebody else should be doing that, they should be. Because if it only took me 15 minutes, why am I doing it? Yeah. Right. It should be such a process um, to be able to do exactly. That. If it only took you 15 inside. minutes, even if it takes somebody else three hours, that's still, that's a net win when you do the math. 
when you do the math on what you're worth and the opportunity cost of you versus everybody else. I, I know we got to wrap this one up, but I always do the $5,000 rule where every hour of your time is worth $5,000. Would you still do a 15 minute thing? Or would you, you know, would you, would you hire somebody else to do that in that case? If, if it was $5,000 to do it, would you, which one would you do? So that's just a, another way to think about it. Okay. So this is a good one on, well, we started with planning your ideal work day, but we actually got into some productivity tips, blocking off time. That's a big thing for me. Um, and, and also I just can't recommend enough just, just having somebody else like an assistant to help you with these things, to understand your preferences. Even if you don't want to hire an assistant, just just know it yourself, what your preferences are, like how would what would be your ideal workday. Um, and if you want to know mine, I actually have it all mapped out. I have a template for this. Just email me, everybody, or you can email the show and I'll get that to you. So Jeff at ProfitPillars.co and I can I can send you my my resource on planning your ideal day. Thanks for listening and thanks for joining me, Mercer, and we'll see you in our next episode. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered, always unapologetically honest.